Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I am Chris Witt. With me, as always, is my cousin Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today, sir? Spectacular. How are you? If I was any better, I'd be you. We're going to get right to it today, dude, because we've been talking about this day all week, and we have got a million things to talk about. We've got uh, we, we've got uh, some MLB stories going on. It's not going to quite be a triple play today. We're going to go a little double play on the MLB. We got the war, uh, some NBA playoffs, a lot of a lot of playoff uh, stuff going on in the hockey realm of things. Uh, the Masters was last weekend. Mick Cronin, the Bearcats coach, is gone. Uh, I mean, it, it, there's a ton of stuff. So. Let's go ahead. Let's uh, get started by letting everybody know how they can get a hold of you on the tweet box. I'm on Twitter at Adam Schmidt 44, and you are on Twitter at Sick Wit It. That's S I C W H I T T I T. In case you were wondering. In case you were wondering, we've got a little new setup for us today. So we will be. Uh, so if we get a little jumped around here, it's new for me. Uh, on the on the production side of things, but we're going to make this happen. Uh, you can catch us on Facebook every Wednesday, 10.30 p.m.-ish. Uh, we go live on the Facebook, and then Thursdays, uh, Thursday morning, you can catch it on all your favorite platforms, Facebook, uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and so many more. Now, Adam, let's start off because we have concluded the final four in our Nosebleed Sports Podcast Best Nicknames in NBA History Contest. We have. Uh, the the semifinals are complete. Well, there are a couple hours left. You can still get on and vote for the second semifinal game between the mailman, Carl Malone, and the glove, Gary Payton. Right now, Carl Malone is just torching the glove. It's not even close. Um, it's, so it, I think it's 68-32 it or something is. like that. Yes. So. Um, so you can still get on if you can get like 15 people to get on and vote for Gary Payton. He can get another comeback win. It's just how he got here in the first place. But it looks like our championship this upcoming week is going to be the mailman, Carl Malone, versus the man with two nicknames, the man who I think is is now in a good position to win this thing, Larry Legend you, slash the, the hick, hick from, from French Lick. You think he's in good position, huh? Because the mailman has been blowing everybody out at the same time so has uh so has the hick so is larry so uh yeah i i i mean i know who i think it's it's pretty clear for me sure um but uh anyway it, you'll get a chance to uh get on and vote uh starting i'll have it up tonight tonight about probably 12 31 o'clock uh so get on you'll have all week to vote for the mailman or the hick from french lick who you think has the best nickname who will be our champion there you go all right so uh, uh real quick let's go through some quick non uh our non normal topics uh we'll let so in hockey one of the craziest things happened uh basically the columbus blue jackets who played the number one seed the tampa bay lightning swept the lightning now for us columbus is the closest hockey team that we have mm -hmm. in the nhl so that's first off that's cool in general, uh, just to have a professional hockey team within a couple hours of us, a professional team in general, win a playoff series. It doesn't happen every day when you live in Cincinnati. So uh, congratulations to them. But the real thing is this Tampa Bay team tied a uh, tied a season high in wins 
for a, a, a uh, NHL uh, record in wins this yeah. year. So it's it's almost the way I see it is it's like the Warriors from two, three years ago when they hit 72 wins. Mm-hmm. It would be like the last – it would like be them losing in the first round of the playoffs. How That's just insane to me. That is crazy. Um, we do have a lot of Columbus Blue Jackets fans around here, and uh, you spend a lot of time in Columbus for work. I'm sure you see a lot of Columbus Blue Jackets gear. Um, we, we get their games on uh, the Fox Sports Ohio station that we have here. Um, so, yeah, that is, you know, if, if you're a hockey fan and you're an NHL fan, we do have a minor league team here in Cincinnati. But yeah. um, but for as far as at the highest level, we have the Blue Jackets. They've been good. They've been they've been a good a good team for the last few years. And they did sneak into the playoffs. And like you said, swept uh, the team that was the best team in the regular season, at least. Um, so now. I wonder the if the Blue Jackets advance. Yeah, I wonder if the Blue Jackets. Uh, I wonder if the Blue Jackets uh, get, told anybody that they would give them something free if they swept. Like you know, like huh, there's no chance we'll do this. We'll give out free whatever. You know, kind of like the way I said we would give out a whole bunch of T-shirts that still <laughs> are not given out. Jason Myers, I see you up there, buddy. I promise. I got Dylan's shirt. He's the first one to get one, dude. I promise. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so uh, past that, so so hockey. Uh, you have anything else you want to get in hockey? Congratulations, Blue Jackets. Congratulations to the Blue Jackets. They have some more work to do. It would be fun. It would be a lot of fun to see them advance and, and at least get to the Stanley Cup Finals. I will watch some playoff hockey if the Blue Jackets make the so, Stanley Cup Finals. So I'm going to say this real quick. I do watch a little bit of playoff hockey. I enjoy playoff hockey. They play. I mean, it, it, I, I would probably enjoy hockey. The problem is I don't understand all the rules, the hot, the uh, the the icing and things like that. I know there's certain mm, lines that things got to go past. I love icing, <laughs> uh, and there's also uh, plenty of other intricate details I know nothing about. But on that high sticking, yeah. Oh, I mean that, that actually makes sense though. High sticking, it's a literally just a high stick. Yeah, that's still a penalty, isn't it? Yeah. Slashing is what I'm saying. I, I don't understand some of them, though. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I, don't I don't know what constitutes those penalties, but there you go. I'm with you. I've so, heard of them. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the power the, play. I, I promise I'll, I'll get these shirts out. I got another one out here. If the if you if you want a shirt, and uh, I promised you a shirt, please get a hold of us. Uh, the wife is is on top of things. She's getting close to getting the shirts made. I thought they were in production a couple weeks ago. They weren't. However, uh, we'll get these done. Anyway, I, I'm not going to keep reading the comments because it's throwing me off. So uh, I'm going to keep my eyes off the comments here for a second and just focus on what we're talking about, which is hockey. Real quick, before we get out of that, I wanted to say also the uh, Pittsburgh – is it Pittsburgh? The Pittsburgh Penguins who yeah. uh, won two out of the last three Stanley Cups also got swept. Wow. By the Islanders, I believe. Oh, I mean, it, uh, yeah, hockey's got all kinds of crazy things going on. So okay. uh, keep up to date with that because uh, – we probably won't. Um, now, on that note, something I do keep up with, and one of my favorite things to watch, which I know you can probably or you probably could care less, but one of my favorite things to watch is golf. Mm-hmm. And we don't talk about golf on the podcast. We 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 just don't get into it. I know you're not the biggest golf guy, so I guess uh, where I'm going with this is Tiger Woods. Congratulations. Uh, so I'm watching the Masters, and I watched Thursday. Uh, didn't get to see too much Friday. Watched Saturday. 
Woke up Sunday, was watching Sunday, went to brunch, uh, watched it uh, at the place we were at. Put your red shirt on. Picked the kids up, sprinted home to catch the last two the last two holes, trying to get my son, who's six years old, to sit on the couch and watch it with me. And he did, just with his iPad at the same time. <laughs> but that's okay. And my wife comes in after Tiger makes his, makes his bogey putt to win it. And he goes, is that, she says, is that what you've been waiting for? And I look up. And she goes, are you crying? I didn't say a word. I just turned my head. Yeah, I did, man. That was special. And he, and he grabbed his kid and the, the embrace with his family. And listen, Tiger's done some things that I know people don't like him for. All right. Yeah, the guy's a cheat and things like that. Not in golf, but a cheat in, you know, in his marriage and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I don't care about that. I care about the fact that he makes golf that much better. People tune in just to see him. To go, what is it, 11 years since he's won um, since he's won a major, a major yeah. fifth, uh, 14 years since he won the Masters, he gets his fifth Masters, his 15th major. Everybody said he was done. He's now three away from Jack Nicholas. I'm, I'm, I said to to a friend of mine, he's winning two this year. I said it before the Masters, and he got the first one. There's three left. I'm, I'm, I'm counting on Tiger, dude. He's gonna get one. He's gonna get one more this year. One more this year, so then he's going to need two more to tie Jack. Two more, yes. Is he getting two more to tie oh, Jack? Oh, he's, he's going to end up with 20 altogether. Holy cow. He's going to end up with 20. After such a long drought, after four back surgeries, after the yeah. spinal fusion surgery, yeah. hey, after all that. he gets it. If he starts putting, he's back to the most dominant player in the world. I mean, he, 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 played, he played not even his best golf the other day. He missed – quite a few putts that are gimme putts for him so i'm i'm excited look i'm ah, get me all excited anyway. all right that's enough of that no it's it's that is a big thing and tiger uh tiger made golf much more popular than it was you know when he came on and he uh he got a lot of different he got a lot of people into golf and you know because it's it's not it's not a sport for everybody not everybody can sit there and watch golf um, and, and I'm not, I don't watch much golf and I didn't get to see much of the masters this weekend, but, um, I'm not totally opposed to it or anything. I, yeah. I, I appreciate how difficult the game is. It's, it's a game that's so much harder than it looks. Um, you know, cause I, there's no doubt to, about to, that. To, yeah. To the, to the casual fan or not even fan, you say golf and they're like, okay, you hit a ball into a hole or whatever. And it's, it's not, I mean, it's nowhere close to that easy. Of course not. Um, I don't play a ton, but to, to, the, the, the times the that I have. The only way to really, um, to really appreciate watching golf is you have to play, you have to play. quite a bit of golf to understand and see what these guys can do with the ball. And, and the, you know, they walk up there and they're like, we need a, 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 a nice, easy cut, uh, you know, knock down five iron, blah, 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 backspin. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Because yeah. they just pulled out of the bag and then they just do it. Yeah. And, geez, oh, Pete, it's unbelievable. The, the the recovery shots that they have are insane. These guys are – to know the distance, it's, it's, it's a whole different thing. Anyway, before we get too much into golf, because I don't know how much our fans like it, we don't talk about golf ever. I love it. I love watching it. Go, Tiger. You're my man. <laughs> I will watch – when Tiger came back, I stopped watching golf. I didn't watch that much golf. I watch, still watch the, the majors, but I didn't watch as much regular golf. Now that Tiger's back, I 100% will be watching almost every Sunday to whatever it, whatever tournament's out there. I got you. All right. Um, well, listen, 
Now, Tiger, to, to tell you, Tiger is Tiger was the first real golfer to bring in exercising and, and really beefing up. That dude really got swole. He did. You you don't have to be, and John Daly is a, a li- living proof of this, you don't have to be uh, an Adonis to, to be a great golfer. <laughs> um, you can uh, smoke and drink your life away and still be a pretty good golfer, John, right? Um, but anyway <laughs> – but but you're right. Tiger did. He he brought physical fitness and he, you know, his workout regimen was was that of, you know, these other professional sports that, you know, you see guys that are at, you know, the top athletes in the world. Tiger was on that level as far as his physical fitness. Um you know, I think he's he getting, still is. He, yeah, he he's he's probably not working out the same way because of all the the back stuff and everything, but um he is in incredible shape for 43 years old. You know what he needs to do? He needs to wear a he needs to wear a t shirt underneath his whatever shirt he wears. He wears these dry fits. Oh, big! You, his nipples must be monsters because they're always he's. It's like it's always freezing cold wherever he's golfing. Well, here's here's he can get a t shirt if he goes and fills out a complete card by by attending uh, enough times at training personally. Training personally is um, training personally with Peggy Edwards is. Where you want to go if you need if you need a little motivation if you want to, if you need to be challenged a little bit to get going whether you have never worked out in your life whether you're kind of an intermediate exerciser like me or whether you're an advanced uh, an advanced guy like you or Tiger um, or Tiger uh, both you and him share that that you are uh, advanced in your uh, physical fitness yeah sure um, the <laughs> uh, so anyway you. Training personally is where you want to go. Peggy Edwards will put you through an interval uh, circuit training course. She will be there uh, guiding you one-on-one. She's a personal, certified personal trainer. You don't pay for the cost and the normal cost of a personal trainer. You pay for the regular cost of a gym membership like you'd go anywhere. And you get the attention of a personal trainer. Yeah, you do. Peggy Edwards is excellent at modifying to your needs if you have a a little bit of a nagging injury but you're good enough to work out but you have a little bit you're you know a little little bum knee or a little whatever you had back surgery at one time or whatever she is perfect at modifying the exercises knowing what you need what your body needs she can she can uh advise you uh with nutrition and basically Basically, she's a life coach and a certified personal trainer That's at the right. same time. Um, so training personally, all the information you need is on the training personally page on Facebook. It's training personally with Peggy Edwards, and you can go to trainingpersonally.com. There you go. That's it. Yeah, excited about that. She does a heck of a job, man. Um, so on that note, you know who is swole? My dude, Puig. Yasiel Puig. So did you hear the latest? So I feel like we should have a segment on the podcast that's called The Puig or something of that nature because he does something every week that probably annoys you and makes me giggle. So uh, this week, Mr. Puig, uh, this 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 past uh, – this actually this week we're in right now, he uh, was – that we played the Dodgers. The Reds Mon- played the yeah. Dodgers. Monday. Uh, this is a Cincinnati-based podcast, so we get into a lot of Cincinnati stuff. Uh, so the Reds are playing the Dodgers, and uh, all the ex-Dodgers that the Reds have now, we're going to get their National League uh, Championship Series rings. Yes. 
However, somebody showed up a little late because he was shopping. A little, a little is kind. A little is a kind word for it. Uh, so you had yeah, you had your other guys. Uh, you had Alex Wood and uh, Kyle Farmer and uh, Matt Kemp. Matt Kemp. They showed up for the uh, the press conference, I guess, that they were doing with those guys. Yasiel Puig showed up over an hour late for it. So those three guys got their rings. Puig said, throw mine in my locker. He didn't care. He said, I don't care about that, which I am totally fine with. Cool. You are. I like, wow, I thought that you would totally hate the fact that he was late for that. No, I do hate the fact that he was late for that. <laughs> I, don't I, hate the, I don't hate the fact that he doesn't care because swipe left, swipe right – Rings for winning, like, division championships, conference championships. Swipe left. Thank you. Swipe left. I, what dude, happened here? Dude, that's been going on for years. I, but it, it it didn't used to be that way. It didn't used to be that way, I don't think. Hell, uh, I, I think you won rings for winning an NBA championship, brother, a World Series. Let me just let me just remind you of one of our favorite movies growing Well, one of my favorite movies growing up, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Was all about the Dan Dolphins Marino's AFC championship. AFC ring. championship. Ring. I know that's what it was all about. You're right, and, and that was from do- the early I, '90s. You're dude, right. I'm thinking they've been doing this for a long, long, long time. However long they've been doing it is however long I do not like it. I think you win a ring to for winning the highest level championship you can possibly win, and that's it. That you okay? If you wanna, if you wanna hang a a banner, put something in the arena or whatever, and say, "Hey, these are the years we won division championships, league championships, or whatever." Fine, make T-shirts, whatever. <laughs> you, the ring is supposed to be a symbol of like of a championship, just, right? And you, they you won a championship. They won the National League Championship okay, Series. Okay, then then find something bigger and better for winning the World Series or the or the oh, finals. I, gar- I guarantee you that that ring is way bigger. The it's, one for I don't the think finals. it is. I don't think it is. I, it can be, I guess, but I I'm telling you, I've seen some of the rings, some pictures of the rings. Why are you getting a ring with diamonds in it and your name in it and all this kind of stuff <laughs> for for Xavier winning the the biggest big championship championship? Why would you? Why, dude? That's, that was the big. Well, I mean, that's a big deal. There's a lot of people. That's a big deal. <laughs> it's a big deal, but there's like, I mean, there's a way, way, way Listen, bigger. If what prize. you win is called the championship, if it's the championship game, I'm I'm cool with the ring. I think I it's useless to me. But I'll take it. I mean, I'll take that ring and stick it somewhere. Hell yeah, I will. Hell, hell yeah, I will. I'm not on board with that. But anyway, Puig was with me, and that he he and I agreed. He could on care one less thing. about that thing. Um. So so, who cares about the National League Championship? <laughs> it's a great accomplishment, but you lost in the World Series. It really doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Um. So anyway, but I do. Being late for the for the uh, press conference really did bother me. Because that's exactly, I guarantee you, all the front office people, all the media relations people, the PR people there, uh, were shaking their heads in belief that that happened. Because they're like, okay, this is exactly why he wore thin on everybody there. You know, being late for stuff all the time, team meetings and press conferences and, you know, obligations that he has as a professional – he was late for that kind of stuff all the time, late getting to getting to batting practice and, you know, doing extra, you know, and then early in his career, one of the one of the veterans had to like, you know, 
yell at him a little bit as he's doing an interview in the dugout when he's supposed to be on the field taking <laughs> batting practice. You know, and it was that was the start of it. And it was, you know, he's just I just don't like that he doesn't. That's dis that's disrespect for other people's time. I, I, I just I do not like that. You have a ton of media people and of the four guys, everybody wants to talk to Yasiel Puig in that press oh, conference. Of course. Why? Yeah. Because of the crazy antics kind of a because person of that, that he is. Kind of it's stuff. that kind of stuff that makes him the guy that everybody wants to talk to. So I'm totally cool with it. I don't care. Show up late, show up whenever you do. You don't even play for the Dodgers. Why do you have a requirement to be there for them to give you a ring? They traded you away. I feel you trade me away. I, you want me to be there? Okay, we're playing you. You want me to be there. No, I'm sure you do because you can give me a ring. Like I, like he said, throw in my locker. I'll be fine. I don't need he, to be there for that. If he if he is scheduled, if he is asked to be there at a certain time for this press conference and he doesn't want to be there, he doesn't want to take part in it, and I don't know, maybe he did, Tell everybody ahead of time, I will not be there. I will not be there for that. When I get to the ballpark for my normal preparation and you want to have a media scrum, okay, I'll answer some questions. If that happened, fine. Is it, it called a scrum? Is that a group of media members? Is that like a flock of geese, a media scrum? I think a scrum is like when you're like after practice, or not necessarily a press conference, but when the media is there like after a practice or whatever, and you see it, you see it all the time. Greg Popovich is just surrounded, standing with his back against the wall, you know, mm -hmm. surrounded by people asking him with, with cameras and stuff in his face. Um, I think that's a media scrum. Anyway, um, but I, I just enjoy the word. If he do, if he, you know, if he said ahead of time, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go shopping. All I can think about Instead. right now. Only thing I can think right now is um, what's the what's that sport? Uh, rugby. Isn't that a scrum when you, when they all get oh, in the middle maybe. of the field and they're all like rugby wrapped scrum. around each other and moving around? I feel like that's a a rugby that, scrum. That sounds like a that sounds. I feel like, like I feel like that, yeah. I feel like that'd be pretty slick to see the media get into a scrum like that. <laughs> You got you got Bobby Nightingale Jr. You got yeah. John Fay. Maybe that's what it is because they're elbowing each other trying, yeah, to, get trying in to get there. in there. Yeah, there you go. I'm I'm down with the scrub. I apologize for for no <laughs> breaking big deal. Your, breaking your point up. Well, you don't owe me an apology, but Yasiel Puig owes a whole bunch of people an apology for making everybody wait on him and uh, wonder where he is if he didn't say anything ahead of time. I think that's. That's it's really unprofessional, and that's why he's not a professional. That's why he's that's why he got on everybody's nerves in L.A. and why they were you know ready to move him for Homer Bailey. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't even want Homer Bailey. They 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 right. They, but they, they were was, they want they, they were they were trying to get rid of uh, Cap. That was the whole point. Let's get rid of some high guys. Come on, I, I think they you were. Can't, I'm telling you right now, the fans in L.A. They, I, they I, love the him. fans loved him. They loved him. Every fan in uh, most of the fans in Cincinnati do, except you. Except for when he, you know, makes the boneheaded plays. He hasn't done it he, yet. He hasn't done it yet. Let's see. Maybe he's Jay. He but might he have turned over. <laughs> he he's done it in the past. You know what? The past is the past. I'm looking. Okay. To well, the he obviously hasn't turned over a new leaf as far as being professional, because he's still I, doing that now. <laughs> but. I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm still feeling like you traded me away. I, I have no professional courtesy to you that I feel like I owe you to be there to get my ring. Now, I would do it because I'm like, heck, yeah, give me a ring. I'm about to fit this bad boy on this little <laughs> tiny finger. I'm going to show it. I'm going to show my my National League Championship Series ring off to everybody. Hey, I'm going to wear it while I'm playing for the Reds in this game. <laughs> he's a sing, he's a single fella. You take that thing into a bar with that kind of bling. They think you won a World Series. They th these girls are thinking anything. He, Is he single? 
I don't know if he's single or not. He's uh, got to be, right? He had to swim across an ocean. He, if he's, if he's not, he left them all years over ago there. Now. <laughs> yeah, well, they're still over there, probably. I don't know if he is or not. It doesn't matter. That's <laughs> anyway. So, uh, yeah. So I listen. Puig's Puig. It's gonna be what it's gonna be. Get used to it. Embrace it. I don't think I'm gonna have to because he's not gonna be around in Cincinnati long. I don't think. But anyway, you think he's gone by the trade deadline? I don't know if necessarily by the trade deadline. You think you're just going to get a year out of him? I don't. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be. I don't think they're going to sign him to an extension or anything like that, unless they get a really good bargain or something like that. But you know, I, it, it, you know, we have, we have 16 guys. We have 16 outfielders on this team right now already. You know, so I, I and then you and have Philip Irvin's in here rolling through things, doing what he does every time yeah. he gets called up. So and you got Taylor Trammell waiting. He's it seems like he's probably going to be ready pretty soon. To come Not to up. mention have Nick Senzel. Guy. Nick Senzel. So anyway, um, but let's talk about teams that win. How about that? Let's do that. Let's talk about teams that win. You got you got a little something special for me. I understand today. I do. I think we're going to have a little fun doing this. I hope it's I love it's fun. Good to listen to. Um, the Red Sox and Yankees right now, as we speak, are playing their first series of the year against each other. Yes. Um, and that's always um, I you know. <sighs> Over the years, I, I kind of the last few years, I kind of stopped paying real close attention to it because games those games last like four and a half, five hours sometimes, mm. just because it's such a big presentation. It is, but anyway, it's it's the longest probably you know it's the biggest rivalry in baseball, um, I would say, and long, long, long time uh, rivalry. So, in the spirit of uh, playing, there was there was an article the other day. Uh, where it was, uh, who was it? Bill Bill Leach oh, from MLB.com. Uh, uh, he used to be related to um, a guy I knew, something, I think it was uh, 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 Nick the Newt or something like that. Anyway, go okay. ahead. Uh, sure. I, I, Bill Leach from MLB.com anyway. put out a list of the 20 greatest Red Sox and Yankees in the spirit of the Red Sox-Yankees rivalry happening right now. I want to see how many of the 20 you can name. Now, a couple little things here. You ha- They had to play for either the Red Sox or the Yankees for at least a, uh, maybe a I'd say like five, or six, or five years, years six at years. least. Okay. They had to, Is they it had 10 to on each big... team? Like the top no. 10 from each team? Nope. Or just the it's top mixed. 10 total? Top 20. Top 20. Total mixed Red Sox-Yankees just <laughs> Top twenty players. He ranks. Okay, real one quick. To how far does it date? What's the oldest guy? How far does it date back to? Does it date back to like Babe Ruth? Or are we going? Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. All the way back. Even farther than Babe Ruth? Well, yes. If it's farther than Babe Ruth, I'm going to struggle with that. But I will. Uh, I will give it a go. All right. So we got. So it's basically the top twenty Yankees and Red Sox of all time. Is really what it is. In the so, yeah that that played because like you had Randy Johnson played for the Yankees well, for two or three years. That doesn't count. I mean like all time Yankee players, Correct. all time Red Sox players. So so let's start off the bat. We'll go we'll go with the Yankees first. So you got Ruth, Gehrig, DiMaggio, uh, Barra, uh, Mantle, Jeter, Rivera, Bernie Williams. Uh, you got all of them right until Bernie Williams. Okay, so we'll take Bernie Williams off. That was a that was a question mark on Bernie though. You could tell it was right. I, it I, was. I had the question in the in there. All right, so. so you got number one is Babe Ruth. Number three is Mantle. Number four is Garrick. Number five is DiMaggio. Seven is Barra. 
Eight is Rivera, and Derek Jeter is fifteen. So you got all those guys. Okay. So I so six six right now. So um, let's keep going with them. We're gonna go to man starting pitchers. I mean, you got guys like uh, Catfish Hunter. You got guys like uh, I mean uh, Roger Clemens. I figure Roger Clemens Roger is on Clemens there. Probably on both sides for both. Exactly. Right. Okay. So Roger He's number Clemens, eleven. Number eleven. Uh, all right, so let's switch over and just get myself into some Red Sox guys. So you got uh, – we got uh, Ted Williams. Number two. All right. You have uh, guys like Carl Yastrzemski. Number 13. Carlton Fisk. Carlton Fisk did not make did it. Did not make it. Wow. Okay. So I'm at nine now. So then let's get into nowadays. You got Nomar. Did not make You're it. You're out of your mind. That's yeah. the craziest thing I, I've ever heard. You know what? Heard. I'm just going to throw I'm done. This, I don't even want to do this anymore. This away. My throw man, Nomar didn't make it. All right. That's okay. I'm okay. Nomar's not on there, so Manny's definitely on there. The very first person I thought of when I saw this list and I thought, how is he not on there is Manny Ramirez. Manny Ramirez isn't did on there? Did not make Holy Bill Holy cow. Bill this is, this is starting to get me a little nutty here. So, Pedro Martinez definitely is. Pedro Martinez is number 14 on the list. Pedro Martinez. Uh, you got, you're gonna, you got to have a guy like Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling did not make the list. This is nuts. Okay. So, I've got total of 10 of the 20. Okay. Um, I wonder, are, are there any managers in, in on this? Uh, well, there's a guy who... Well, there's a couple guys who ended up managing, but they played for those teams first and then managed them. Hmm. Okay. So well, Yogi well, Berra, Yogi Berra, right? Um, another one, another former uh, Yankee that I that played and managed. Oh uh, man, this is uh now. How am I in such a? He was the 1961. Oh, World how about Series David MVP? Ortiz? David Ortiz is number 16 on the list. Good-looking Tyler Roop and uh, Dwight Cole. I like that. Good work. I appreciate that. Um, let's see. I always say Dwight. I don't know why. It pops up that way on the comments. Anyway, Alex, I appreciate it. Uh, let's see. All right. So, I mean, you're not going to have a guy like uh, Joe Torre, obviously. Oh, no. Nope. Oh, yo, um, <laughs> the manager right now. Uh, or not now. Well, Aaron Boone's now. So why not Aaron Boone? Aaron Boone ought to be on no, there. No, Aaron Boone. No, he definitely is not one of the top right. twenty guys. Hey, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, How is he not? Top twenty moments. Yeah, not, without not a doubt, play. that this should give players. it to you. No, 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 no. Uh, I feel like no, that should give it to you. Close. All right, that's fine. Uh, if Manny Ramirez is not on this list, Aaron that's Boone true. Aaron Boone's not. not. Uh, so what about? Um, gosh, how am I drawing a blank on the? catcher uh who became the manager for a million years and he also caught for joe girardi is not on this list okay (laughs) gosh bless um okay uh let's see this is this is way more difficult than i thought give me some hints it's mostly older guys now so you got all the all the you know you got some of the older guys and, and most of the newer guys one of the probably the youngest guy left that you haven't guessed yet was a guy that you and a lot of people did not like at all played for the yankees he is now – he has really recovered. Oh, A-Rod. Yes. A-Rod. Mike good. Mussina? Mike Mussina did not make it. A-Rod is number 12. No Jorge Posada. Jorge Posada did not make the list. Good night. Now, okay, so a guy that I think you're going to – that I, that I think you're going to really get. Andy Pettit. Andy Pettit did not make it. This is the most ridiculous That's, list. Mussina and Pettit pitched a long time yeah, for the Yankees. They did. They would, I would they think would that they'd be on there. All right, so they're not on there. Let's uh, Okay, give me another hint. Let's go. Let's let's go. Okay, so you got one through five so far. Number six on the list is the all-time wins leader in Major League history. Oh, Cy Young? 
Thank you. That's ridiculous. That dude's that dude's older than dirt. He was he was part How of the rivalry. How many Yankees Red Sox rivalry? What kind of Yankees Red Sox rivalry was there back then? All right, Cy Young, congratulations. Uh-huh. He probably has more wins than anybody in that series too. Yeah. Yep. Five hundred eleven. Um, number. So you got. Uh, so now you have one through eight. Number nine. Talking to the this, microphone, I can't hear this, you. This guy goes back to, he played in Boston from 1907 to 1915. Now, you are going to know his name. You are. Uh, but he was probably even more famous for playing in Cleveland for a long time after that. He was a center fielder. Napoli Joy? I don't know. Who we got? Nope. Who That's is it? Tris Speaker. Oh, Tris Speaker played for the – I didn't know Tris Speaker. I didn't realize that. I thought I always thought he was a lifetime Cleveland guy. Number 10. Hack Wilson was a Cub. Uh, I don't – or what, or White Sox. He was in Chicago. So, no, I'm Hack trying Wilson. to think some old some old fogies I could knock off, but I can't think any. 1934 to 1941, left-handed pitcher. Um, his He went by a nickname. He, I mean, he didn't – I have no idea what his first name is because he went by oh, his name. Is it uh And I and I Casey ba- Stangle? Nope. And I I All right, just give it to telling me. you what position he played, I pretty much gave you his name. Is it Lefty Grove or it something? Is. It's All Lefty right. Grove. That's number ten. That's ridiculous. So you got eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. So now we just have seventeen through twenty. Number right. seventeen was uh another catcher for the Yankees. From 1928 to 1946. Holy cow! This one's tough. This is the one okay, that give I would it to not. Me. Have I don't had. know this. Bill Dickey. Uh, Bill Dickey. Uh, congratulations. Uh, congratulations, Bill Dickey. Uh, who, he also. Award. I heard that he also uh, started. He also invented Dickey's pants. Yeah, nice. The Dickey's clothing nice. line. There's also a yep. Dickey's barbecue pit. Yeah. Um, that I eat at <laughs> way too much. Let's talk um, uh, another guy that we are starting to get at. Um, played and then managed the Yankees for a long time, I believe. I don't at know. number eighteen, he was the nineteen sixty one World Series MVP. Pitched, Whoa. he pitched in eleven World Series. Eleven? How am I? And won six of them, I think. This I, is yeah. Uh, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank. Come on, who is it? Whitey Ford. Oh, you. Stink. Whitey right. Ford, and um, I think you're you're definitely going to get one of these last two, and you right. might get both of them. Number nineteen is a guy that that was playing in our era when we were growing up, uh, probably toward the end of it. Um, no, I was just pointing got, to Tyler. No, to Bernie Williams was not on the list. No, which is Bernie ridiculous. wasn't anyway. on the list. Sorry. Uh, this is a three twenty eight career hitter played for oh. both teams oh 328 career hitter so this dude's probably back in the what 1930s played, he played for boston from 82 to 96 and then the yankees from 93 to 97 you're gonna get jim it. rice no but he's number 20 Good okay job. jim rice number uh, 19 though who we're talking about here he he played for those two teams and then retired as a member of another national field another national league east team he played for three. I think that's those are the only teams he played for. I'm pretty sure. He may have he may have played for one other team. Oh man, eighty. Uh, what, give me the year again. Eighty-two to ninety-two with Boston. Long time with Boston, and then ninety-three to ninety-seven. No, yeah, because he, then he played. He played in between. Tino no, Martinez. No, he didn't. No, no, he didn't play anywhere First, in between. That's not it. He, he I, played, I don't know. I'm going to be Boston, upset. I'm going to get mad about York. this. Who is this? 
And then he played with Tampa Johnny Bay. Johnny Damon? No. Nope. Who is it? Ended his career with Tampa Bay. Rode, I think he rode a horse around the, the ballpark and at his last game. Rode a horse around the ballpark. Is it the big fat guy? Uh, what's his name? The pitcher? David Wells? Nope. Had a goatee. Pretty famous oh. goatee, I feel like. I don't know. Come on. Wade Boggs. Holy cow, that's one of my all-time favorite I know, baseball players. I thought players. it was. I thought it was. Oh, my gosh. My dad's going to kill me when he <laughs> listens to this tomorrow. <laughs> All right, Wade wow. Boggs. So, uh, really So quickly. many good players not on the list. The White yeah. Gooden. Um, uh, uh, who else? Uh, Manny's the, the one that Matsui, stuck out to me so much. Johnny Damon. Both teams. Johnny Damon. Gosh, that's crazy. Manny Ramirez not on that list. That's unbelievable. Jim Rice, Wade Boggs, Whitey Ford, Bill Dickey, David Ortiz, Derek Jeter, Pedro Martinez, Carl Yastrzemski, Alex Rodriguez, Roger Clemens, Lefty Grove, Tris Speaker, Mariano Rivera, Yogi Berra, Cy Young, Joe DiMaggio, Lou Gehrig, Mickey Mantle, Ted Williams, Babe Ruth. A lot of old school cats in there, brother. I stick Ted Williams above Babe Ruth. And, and Lou Gehrig. Lou Gehrig and Ted Williams are one and two for me. Lou Gehr- well, Lou Gehrig is my number one all-time favorite player, and Ted Williams is probably – He's way up there for you. Yeah, he's he's way in the top He's in the top five, too. I'm, I, but I love Nomar. How's Nomar Gar- – I mean, I'm staring right now at a Nomar yeah. Garcia Paris signed picture that I have down here. I got a I got a small batting helmet signed by Nomar Garcia Paris. Shout out to uh, Brian Freming for that. <laughs> uh, you know, I, just, I don't understand. I'm, I'm, I'm slightly confused. The Nomar thing's really getting me upset right now. Now, the more I look at the sweet swing in Nomar Garcia Parr. <laughs> all right, that's all. So, so uh, that's impressive. That, that's an impressive group of 20, though. That that's is an impressive there. group of 20. I don't think, I don't think you're going to find two other teams with, a, you know, a 20 near that. You could get – I mean, if you threw, like, the Dodgers in there, and even – I mean, the Reds, you could, I mean, you just take the grade eight and go from there. But, I mean, really the Dodgers have had some phenomenal players – on that team, I mean, if you're just talking rivalries, you couldn't find anybody to be the biggest rival. Yeah, you'd have to do Dodgers Giants probably because that's the next biggest rivalry. I would say. Uh, maybe. I mean, but for so long the Giants were in New York. That was, and the Dodgers' biggest rival was the Reds. Yeah, the Reds were in the, in the when the Reds were in the National League West. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's tough, man. That's a that's that's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I'm glad you. I'm glad you got into that. You that know, was fun. Yeah. I wonder how many mosquitoes were out in the in the ballpark back in the day because back in the day they didn't have people come spray oh. for mosquitoes and make sure. I you feel were good. like the bug problem was awful back then. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And if you're in Cincinnati, Ohio, and you have a mosquito problem, get a hold of the guys at Ohio Mosquito Control. Uh, Ohio Mosquito Control offers quality service to the Cincinnati area at response, re- reasonable prices. It's family owned and operated. Uh, just uh, go to their website, ohio-mc.com. You can schedule your treatment. You can uh, pay for your treatment right there. They'll, they'll shoot you an email two days before they come. They'll also shoot you an email as soon as they spray and leave, get you an invoice, the whole deal. So uh, those guys are awesome. They spray my yard. I got no bugs. My kids get eaten up like a crazy person. And uh, for the last couple of years, it's been great. Ohio Mosquito Control. It's ohio-mc.com. Customers come first at Ohio Mosquito Control. And just remember that they are the pest of the pest. Once again, (laughs) ohio-mc.com. So Tyler Roop on on the chat there mentioned, who do we think 
of, of the players on today's teams, today's Red Sox Yankees teams, who do we think will make this list by the end of their careers? I mean, you have Mookie several Betts. guys. Yeah, Dan, Mookie Betts is number one. Mookie for me Betts right now. for sure. Uh, yeah, a guy like Chris Sale. Guys. Guy like Chris Sale is going to be there, even though he's having by far the worst part of nah, his career right it's now. All right. He's owned four last year. He only lost four games. So, yeah. <laughs> although the other day uh, he lost, uh, was it yesterday? I believe he lost the game yesterday, Tuesday. Uh, he was he had a he had a nine point zero ERA, but his ERA did jump down to eight point five. How about that? Yeah, so good. He for was him. really frustrated. Talked about how embarrassed he is and everything. <laughs> oh yeah, he's pissed. Um, but anyway, but Aaron that's Judge, a good sign. Aaron good Judge sign. would be big. Uh, was going to be somebody that's going to be on that list. Um, Yankees have four or five guys that really are really young guys that we haven't seen. You know, we've only seen the last year or two, but have that potential that sure. that you see are you know to be all-time greats. Yeah. If JD Martinez sticks around the rest of his that career, kid, maybe. Oh my gosh, JD Martinez. Good night. I mean, he just signed the contract to stick around for at least was a six-year contract. He signed uh, JD Martinez. La- did? Okay, yep. Yeah, last year. Remember, he was the big holdout last year till February before he signed the contract. So, yeah. Um, anyway, speaking of mosquitoes, <laughs> how about Mick Cronin? Mick Cronin makes the jump. I, if you're watched, if you're listening to the Nosebleed Sports podcast, and you're from Cincinnati or from all the way on the other coast in in, in California, which we have people from both that go to both colleges that listen to us all the time. Uh, first off, for UCLA fans, uh, I'm going to tell you right now, Mick Cronin. Uh, really did a pretty good job of keeping uh, everybody knows how I feel about Mick Cronin. If you listen to this podcast, you know I can't stand Mick Cronin. I, I've never liked him. He's he annoys the living daylights out of me. However, at the same time, at the same time, I don't think he's that terrible of a coach, especially for a team that needs some help not rebuilding, but maybe revitalizing their their program because i don't think he rebuilt uc's program but he definitely helped revitalize it after the huggins issues that that ended um his stay so uh i i for the uc fans that are happy he's gone i hope that this brandon guy is really good and i hope that he keeps things going but sometimes man you gotta be careful what you wish for for years my Xavier Musketeers were a stepping stone college. For and still are. <laughs> that, well, that's what I was going to say. For years they were. We thought we had our lifetime coach. Mm-hmm. There was only one school he was going to go to, and it was Louisville. And Rick Patino, the vampire, finally died. <laughs> Somebody stuck a – uh, somebody, uh, whatever. Somebody through, rubbed uh, some garlic. Rubbed some garlic or put a wood stake through his heart. So he finally left Louisville. So Chris Mack left. Once again, puts us right back in that seat of I don't know. We, I don't know that we'll ever have a lifetime type coach. And now that Mick's gone, that you know that that long tradition they had. You know, I mean, they had Andy Kennedy in between, but between Huggins, who was there forever, and 13, 14, 15, however long uh, Mick was there. If, if 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 Brandon does good and in four or five years, you know, makes a sweet sixteen, uh, you know, keeps these guys going to the tournament, he's going. He's gone. He's got I, I mean he's he's gonna go. You would think so. And I feel bad for UC fans because it's not easy being a stepping stone coaching 
uh, program. And that's what I've dealt with my whole life at Xavier. We've been lucky enough to hire pretty good coaches and keep things going. But, um, yeah. You know, if UC gets back at some point into a big conference, um, if they join maybe even the Big East or, like, if they join the ACC or something like that, I just think it they may not chance. be. It, it, it may not be. Yeah, they, it seems like that. There was all that shakeup with all the conference, you know, moving around, uh, you know, a couple years ago. So they're in the they're in the American Athletic now, which which isn't isn't great for making that a high profile job. It is a high profile job, I feel like, because it's I think they're the best program in that in that uh league. But Oh, no doubt about it. I mean they are they're they're the man in that in that league. They're and I'm not saying that he's not going that he's you know, he I mean it's a step up for him, obviously. They paid Definitely. him. Money talks, brother. And six years, twenty four million. Yeah. Money talks and Mick Cronin walks. Yeah. <laughs> and, and John Brannon um came in and, and really in, improved NKU's uh, Northern Kentucky's, uh, you know, since they since they became a Division One program like seven or eight years ago, yeah, um, you know they they've really been impressive for a team that was you know that fresh into Division that One, that fresh into Division One. He was there four years, um, and they won two regular season and two uh, Horizon League tournament championships while he was there, and he got them to their first their first two appearances in the NCAA tournament. Uh, from the Horizon League, so he he brought the you know NKU program to heights it's never been to before. So he's being rewarded with an opportunity to coach to step up, coach a bigger a bigger program, uh, you know, with with a long history um, and a chance to hopefully keep what Mick Cronin had going there and maybe even improve it a little bit. That's more. a big thing because he's he he's an offensive guy. He he likes the offense, but the team that he has coming in, as long as everybody sticks around, has that defensive mentality built in. So uh I mean I really think UC's got a good chance of keeping things going and keeping things fresh and being a really good defensive team. It's always gonna be a hard nosed team. That's the way they're gonna f- I think that the people above are gonna make sure that he keeps that going. But I mean I I, I don't know. But Offensively, this team is going to be much more easier to watch. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Not always easy under Mick to watch this team play basketball. Right. And they're talking already about, you know, Jaron Cumberland maybe being even better under John Brandon in his in his offensive system, uh, which will be which will be really good for him because I've, he'll probably get a chance to maybe play in the NBA if he turns into an even better offensive player than he already is. So um, but, you know, Speaking of people above trying to make sure that that Brandon keeps it that tough, hard nosed mentality in the program, a lot of the guys that came from that started with the Huggins era um, in the from the late '80s through early 2000s, I guess. Yeah, it's been yeah, yeah. Um, so that was his calling card. He was going to be, you know, really tough defense. They got in the weight room more than any any other program, I think, in the country. <laughs> uh, they just had really tough, really, really, um, you know, just just grinded out guys, um, and they they used their defense to play offense yep. in a lot of cases. Um, so, but there was the, that just that that mantra, that hard nosed, tough thing about that program that was there for so long. And we heard after Mick left and the coaching search started. 
A lot of Nick Van Exel was out there. A lot of guys right. like uh, Frank Martin Frank were thrown Martin, out there. Andy Kennedy even coming back. All all former UC, former Bob Huggins, former hard-nosed defense, uh, Frank Martin, psychopathic-looking <laughs> people. Yeah. So uh, Links to Huggins. Yes, where that which is where Mick was. was from and everything like that. That's where the that's that was the that's the UC way for as long as we've been around. Yeah. Um, how so? So my favorite tweet that came out from this is Kenyon Martin's. So Kenyon Martin immediately immediately says, "I give the University of Cincinnati a F plus for the hiring process. Why? Why? Why do they get a plus? Was it a, just a little bit? I mean, he, they almost got to a D." I didn't know there was an F plus. I just thought it was an F. It was a sixty nine percent. So seventy percent it's a D. Sixty nine percent. It depends on where you go to high school, man. At Elder, Elder, that's how it was. But in the public school system, bro, you can get a sixty and be sitting in on a D process (laughs) on the D line. I would have been. I would have never had to go to summer school. I'd have been a great. Yeah, I'd have been a great student. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No. yeah, Mr. so Treehouse. Kenyon Kenyon Martin did come out and say a lot of things about being being disappointed in the process. Now he didn't always he didn't use the right words in all of his tweets. I don't think to express what he really meant, but he was. I, I he, think he expressed exactly what he meant, and then and then and because the very next thing says former players are not happy about that hire. Yeah, and and, and that makes it sound like they don't like John Brandon. I don't think that's what he meant because he did go back and say specifically he tweet. I think he tweeted at John Brandon and he said, did. look, this is not a personal thing with yeah. you, but he did not appreciate the, from what I understand, from what I gather, they interviewed John Brandon and Darren Savino, the, the associate head coach under Mick Cronin for the last year. Those were the only guys. So people were, t- people really, really wanted that link to the Huggins era and you would have gotten it from Van Exel. Um, but they did not interview very many guys, and no. Brandon was one of the names on the list, on the short list, and he got the interview and he got the job. And uh, so so because he doesn't have a, that link to the Huggins era, a lot, several of the former Huggins players, uh, former UC players, had stuff to say that, you know, they were not happy. Yeah, what were you saying to me? Like the, it's like a cardinal sin of all UC play, of any UC fan to say, Go UK or go X. Yeah, and, and one of the former players did say that. Anthony Hicks. Uh, uh, Anthony Hicks. I say Anthony Hicks because I'm a Xavier guy. And Anthony, Anthony Hicks, Hicks at one point in time was the leading school, all-time scorer at Xavier <laughs> uh, until Byron Larkin came along and many, many others. But anyway. So anyway. Um, yeah, Eric Hicks had, had, had that to say. I thought that was pretty funny. So, they, so yeah, so a bunch of guys did. And then they kind of um, they backpedaled a little bit. Um, just enough to not everybody did, but uh, Kenyon Martin tried to, you know, because he got a lot of attention for the stuff he was saying on there. A lot of people were giving him some grief, and and uh, you know, a lot of people didn't agree with his stance and those other guys that that had a problem with it, their stance, just because, you know, just be they're unhappy with the process of a Huggins guy not getting a chance to to interview or whatever, I guess. So, um. And, and that's the thing. Like they they talk about, you know, you should you should want to bring that, you know, the the heyday, the the best period of time in UC basketball history was during the Huggins era. That's when they were the best. You know, for several years they were a top team. You know, a top five, ten team in the nation. Um, and they went to the Final Four in '92 under Huggins. Yep. So they 
that it, it does seem like it does seem important um, or like for the fan base, it would make a lot of sense to bring guys back like that. But you don't necessarily have to bring them back in a coaching uh, situation, you know, but it I think it makes sense for any program, especially bigger programs, to bring back and do things with the marketing and stuff with their former with their all-time best players bring you know they should they should do more things around games and around events with Kenyon Martin with UC Eric Hicks has with been notably not very good at that they don't right. retire very many numbers they don't bring any you don't have to retire everybody's number it's they, they don't bring people back for games there there's a lot of things that they lack when it comes to like you go to a Xavier game and Xavier's not always the best at it either here recently uh, anytime there's a Xavier uh, alum there at the game, they pull him out in the middle and say something during a timeout. But it never used to be that way. I, there, there wasn't a lot of stuff like that. I think that that's huge. And John Brennan said that he, he that's what he wants to do. He wants every all the UC he wants it to just be one not not separate UC eras. He wants it to be one UC university and bring yeah. these guys back and celebrate them and I mean obviously when you get the tweets coming in not that, towards he you said that in response to exactly tweets, that's yeah. exactly what it is and and it's not necessarily at him but it's a re, it's a result he he sees how the former fan how the former players are and he can't lose those so he needs that that time in he needs that time yeah. so um yeah that's i think that's important he needs those guys there uh to back him up especially I think if they get to see how he coaches and and get to see him in practices and 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 get in and really sit down and talk to him in his office I think they'll I think they'll end up liking him he's a good guy that's the thing he kind of left it as like an open invitation but that's what I mean I think you have to actively go out and invite those guys in say hey will you come hey hey Eric Hicks will you come talk to my guys after practice or before before probably before practice on such and such a date you know, or hang come, out at practice. Come help. Come here. Come, come, come. Sit on the floor during a practice. Get in with my big guys and 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 put a body on them, and and explain to them little things. We, I want you. I want you to be part of the team. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, but do things like that, and then invite. You know, get get the marketing teams, the PR teams, to do stuff like have a you know have guys come out invite guys to specific games we are going to honor you at halftime we're going to honor you during a timeout um you, you know you specifically one individual guy you know elder where we went to high school they do this at all their home basketball games they have a former elder basketball player come come back and be like the honoree of the night or whatever right. during a timeout or in between a quarter or whatever they have a list of their accomplishments from elder what they've done since they left elder or whatever what they're doing now or whatever and they they talk about you know it's a 30 second thing at the most yeah they announce the they announce the guy his accomplishments the guy walks out waves it's a little awkward it's a little bit weird honestly i love that. but i it's love co- watching it's awkwardness cool. on especially people. the cool. guys that i grew up watching exactly. when i was a kid and i loved you know the yeah. the you know, all the, the John Millers and Mike Schwalies and all those guys, you know, come back and honor those guys. Talk about, you know, I forget. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he averaged he averaged 18 points a game and scored 45 against Moeller one year and stuff. I remember yeah. that game now. I forgot. But, you know, yeah. it's, that kind of stuff's cool. Brings and you bring back. those guys back and do stuff like that at big programs that a lot of people know these guys, UC and Xavier and those kind of things. Do that, you know, have a booth out on the concourse or whatever where guys are signing autographs or something like that, you know? Yeah. 
I think fans would really get into that because there are long, long time fans of these of these programs, lifelong fans, and they will be a long time. You go to these you go to these games and you see old timers there all over the place that have oh, been yeah. UC or Xavier fans their whole lives yep. for 40, 50 years. It just makes sense. It makes sense at every program to me. So, but they've got to be active about it. They've got to reach out and make things happen, not just say, "Hey, you guys can come by whenever." You're right, and and I and, and I think that that's the public part of it. What he's doing there—that's the public. Hey, here's my announcement. I'm listen. I want this to be a thing. But that kind of stuff is done inside. That's mm-hmm. done in the office. That's done behind closed doors. That's not something that he's gonna you know, tell everybody who he talked to and who he didn't, because if somebody says no, then it looks bad on both of them. So you're not, you're, you're also not trying to do something like that. So I think that, I definitely think that's going to be done. And I think, I think that will be uh, good for UC. Good luck, UCLA. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Good luck, UCLA. Listen, Mick Cronin is a phenomenal uh, uh, post-game uh, press conference guy. He's a phenomenal just press conference uh, quote and all by the fe- time. By phenomenal, you you don't oh, really no, mean that, right? No, I mean I mean I think that you know people love him in press conferences. Like people that aren't UC fans love him. Like UC fans couldn't stand his press conferences, but a, his constant sound bites that you get out of it. He says the wackiest wackadoo things you've ever heard half the time, and uh, uh, you know have fun with that. It's going to be a lot of fun out there paying attention to that hopefully he doesn't try to get in a fight with some Baylor guard or something <laughs> like that you know um he's been known to try to get in fights with people so with te- I people think you're talking teams. about the JP McCure incident and I would say that he was probably not the instigator if I'm we not know saying a little bit he was the JP instigator McCura. but he's the grown man on the court <laughs> he shouldn't be uh running into a line acting like he's gonna acting like he's gonna do something uh anyway that's <laughs> Yeah, I, no, I really don't have. I can't really talk on Mick Cronin because as soon as I try to be nice about him, <laughs> it it always turns. But I really am serious about UC fans that uh, that are happy he's gone. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I don't like the guy, but be careful. Yeah, be careful what you wish for. You don't know what's coming behind, That's and a, that is yeah. the worst feeling. I've been. I've felt it like eight times. <laughs> it's the worst feeling to not know exactly what's coming i felt that way with skip prosser ended up being good felt that way with sean miller felt that way with thad motto that's the thing Hated all those when thad motto was even there all those guys ended up working out really well for xavier yeah right? and even thad motto worked out we made it an elite eight things like that but I, I just didn't like him but the, you just don't know you don't know what's coming I, I i hope the best for him and and i hope brandon and steel end up with some kind of thing where they can't stand each other so to make that <laughs> crosstown like, shootout a little bit fun i enjoyed the crosstown shootout when the coaches don't like each other when pete gillen and bob huggins didn't like each other that was some shake of the, hands that was some of the best crosstown shootouts that was that made the rivalry huge and i'm going to tell you right now chris mack and and uh mick cronin knowing each other as long as they did that i don't think they liked each uh, i don't think Chris Mack liked Mick Cronin. I, I think they they did their little song and dance when they were out in public. But I agree. Many times, I don't think, I don't think he I, he might have respected him as a coach, but I don't think he respected him as a person. You know what I liked about both of those guys being here in that rivalry is they were they were high school. They didn't play at the same time. I don't think, a, they yeah. were high school rivals too. They played yeah. the GCL. They yeah, played for same Jackson, excellent LaSalle. LaSalle. Yeah. 
so that was that was always a really cool thing to me. I love I love the hometown thing. I I'm a sucker for it. Me too. So I I that was the one thing I'm with you. I did I was not a fan of Cronin. I think he's a pretty good coach for the most part. Uh, he can coach I mean, defense he, for heck, sure. Heck of a coach. I he mean, can motiv- uh, he can motivate guys. I don't know if he always did it the right way, but because he was a, he was a, he's a screamer. He really gets into guys, and that works for some guys, and it doesn't work for other guys. But that's his way. And every yeah. coach, ha- you know, some coaches just have their way. And you're gonna if you don't like it, you're not gonna last. You know, you're not gonna work out. But um, I, I I want him. I didn't like watching him coach, but. I want him to succeed at UCLA because I, I, I'm kind of a UCLA basketball fan. Listen, I have been for a long time. I love so many of their players, and I love, love, love the history, especially exactly. from John Wooden. Exactly. John Wooden is what I, I – he, he's, he, he's got like four books or something like that about him and a couple of them that he wrote, The Pyramid of Success – if you have not read the Pyramid of Success, you don't even have to be a basketball fan. It's about life. He ties in basketball. My favorite book ever. It's my favorite book of all time, The Pyramid of Success. I read it twice. It's so, so, so good. It's so motivational. Um, but John Wooden, it just it will make you respect that guy so much. And and you know, of course, all the championships he won at UCLA and everything, um, all the success he had. But that you know that made me a fan of him. And then I loved you know. I loved uh, when they won it in the 90s with the O'Bannon brothers and oh, Ty Zedney, yeah. and then you had Westbrook Dollar. and Kevin Love and you had Baron Davis, so many Reggie Miller, so many so many of my favorite basketball players yeah. played, you know, for UCLA. So I've just always liked the, the program and I want them to get back. I think college basketball is better when UCLA is great, when Kentucky's great, when Kansas and, and, you know, Michigan state and Michigan, those big time programs are great. So I think it's just going to be good for everybody. If Mick Cronin is successful at UCLA and builds that program back up to where it was, whenever the last time it was, I'm not sure Mick Cronin can bring, I hear I'm about to talk bad about Mick Cronin. I'm trying not to talk bad about him, but I don't think he can bring him back to that kind of prominence or that, that, you know, a a lead eight final four uh, constantly in those kind of situations. I don't think he can bring a team to that point. It's just not who Mick Cronin is. I don't think he can do that. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong for UCLA's sake. Uh, But I, you know, I, I can't talk about Mick Cronin. It's just I, everything I want to say is is a bad well, thing. You know, coming into when he started his his head coaching career, he was at Murray State for three years before he came to UC. But he coached under Huggins and he coached under Patino, and he was there. He was so highly regarded um, as a prospect to be a head coach because he was their best recruiter. He was such a great recruiter. And there's a lot of UC fans I've talked to that thought he wasn't I, yeah. I disagree I, I think he gets a lot of really good athletes I just don't know that he I think he goes after the type of guy that that Bob Huggins used to do Bob Huggins would go after the best athlete turn him into an unbelievable defensive player and then turn him into a great basketball player I just don't know that Mick was as good at, at transitioning developing that 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 freakish athlete into the a basketball basket, player to complete yes basketball exactly I, I think I'm with you on that um but anyway, I, I mean, I hope I hope at least because UCLA, it's going to be easier to to recruit at UCLA than it is at UC. I, I think it definitely should be. Yeah. Um. Their their facilities, I'm sure, are better. Why would you? You know, you're you're going to want to go to UCLA. How beautiful is it? 
It's beautiful weather-wise and other scenery If you're wise. 18 years old, you know that there's so <laughs> many beautiful women at UCLA. It's yeah. like USC and UCLA has right. got to be probably the two. If you're a young man, yeah. and let's be honest, that's a big reason why you're going where you're going if you have the opportunity as a basketball player to choose your school. Yeah. You ain't telling me that probably that don't like fit in Florida somewhere. State, some of those like those warmer weather sure, places that sure, are usually like sure. that. Um, but good anyway, lo- good looking locals. It's good, <laughs> good looking locals, exactly, uh, and transplants. Um, but yeah, I, I, he should he should have an easier time, I think. And then it depends on who he brings in. Is it for his staff? You know, if he gets if he gets a great staff around him too, that's going to help. I just I want him to be successful. I want John Brandon to be successful at UC. I think basketball is better when UC is better, especially around here. The Xavier UC rivalry is even better. It's um I I just want both of those guys to do really well, and I also wouldn't mind seeing some of those guys that reacted so quickly to uh, being so unhappy about John Brandon being uh, the next hire. I would like to see them eat a little crow. So anyway, yeah, I'm uh, always good for XUC players eating crow. <laughs> not for me, not because they're XUC players. For me, 100% because like, they're XUC players. <laughs> for 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 the uh, immediate overreaction, probably without knowing. Once what, again, what that's part get. of the Twitter sphere that comes right. out. It's a you you get to make you get to say what's on your mind right away mm-hmm. instead of waiting a night or two nights or three nights or getting to meet somebody before you get an interview in a publication and then can put something out there. This is way different, and 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 the way the world we live in, and we saw it with guys like Kenyon Martin and James White, um, mm-hmm. and 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 Eric Hicks, and and different fellows like that. So, and, and I, I respect their reactions a little bit more than just any average fan. Oh, one hundred percent, because it's they're different... so so much closer to the program, and they they have so much more invested. Um, that you know, I I do respect their opinions a little bit more, but I also think they're you need to give the next guy a chance. If in three years or four years he fell on his face and was terrible, then, okay, fine. Be like, you know what? I never liked it in the beginning, and I I told you that. Here it is. Now it's time to go get Andy Kennedy or Nick Van Exel or whoever. Then fine. Then then I'll eat crow or whatever. But um, the immediate reaction to not liking the hire before you get to see what he does at all, that's what I don't like. But – so Nick Van Exel was one of the guys uh, on that list that people wanted to see, and I I thought that would have been awesome. That would have been so cool to see Nick Van Exel, one of the yes. best, maybe the you know exactly. definitely one of the best players at UC ever. He has been coaching uh, in the NBA for the last several years. He has not coached because he was with the Memphis Grizzlies, so he's not coaching in the playoffs right now. So he was available to come interview for the job because his Memphis Grizzlies were not in the playoffs. However. A couple of teams in the playoffs. There are there are uh, there are sixteen of them right now. Sixteen, which but, we which we've already said, mediocrity makes the playoffs in the NBA. So, in the East, yes, in the East, in both, in the East, thirty. There's thirty the cl- teams. The Clippers were like fourteen games over five hundred, and they okay. were the eight seed. So, speaking of the Clippers, you have the, the eight NBA. one seed, the Clippers playing the Warriors right now. We already got to see – it's already been a circus through through two games. Kevin Durant uh, – <laughs> let me just start. Can I start with you Kevin Durant? You love this. Yeah, Can I, I want start you to – just right. go. Let, just, me tell just go you, let me tell you how I feel so you guys know that I love – I love a good trash talker, right? I love a guy who can get in somebody's head, and once you're there, brother, you stay there. 
Patrick Beverly is like nine inches shorter than Kevin Durant, and they have him playing Kevin Durant all game long. Kevin Durant, uh, they they each have two technicals now, or mm-hmm. two technicals in two games. Like he's going to Patrick Beverly might get Kevin Durant a one game suspension in the playoffs before this series is over. <laughs> oh, seven technicals is tough. It is and, tough in one series. But you can't tell me that that's not possible. KD they, they he got kicked out of the game the other day. He's Patrick Beverly is so deep enthralled in in under KD's skin. I love every second of it. When I was in when I was in grade school, uh in speak, uh, we should have won a ring for winning the the city championship in eighth grade. Anyway, um, besides that, I was a I was not a very good basketball player, but I could play defense pretty well. And we, we'd play a box and one, and I just played whoever their I just played defense on on whoever one of their better players was. And as soon as they got the ball, I started screaming at them. Literally, would just start screaming at the person with the ball. I did it all the time. Most kids, when I got to high school, hated me because I went to high school with those kids too. But besides that, I was in their head, and we would win games because they wouldn't, their best players wouldn't play that well. It's I love somebody that can get in somebody's head and just mess, mess with them to all uh, till till their till their mind's gone. And KD's easy to do that too. Speaking of that, before we get back into that. You did the ball, ball, but the Pat Kelsey ball, Pat ball, Kelsey, ball, 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 ball. Speaking of Pat Kelsey, one of the names on the list of people to possibly be John Brandon's replacement at NKU. I would love that. Do you think he's going to leave? I don't really think he's going to. I don't know that but, that's a step up or step down. I feel like that's kind of a, a, a level, lateral, a parallel la- lateral mm-hmm. move. It, it probably is. And if anything, if it's either lateral or maybe a tiny step down. Yeah. But. He would be back in his hometown. He would be back here. And, um, you know, that would, that would, he would be visible to if in a few years Travis Steele doesn't work out or works out really well and moves on. I, I just, I, I like the situation of Pat Kelsey being already here where, Everybody can see him and kind of, and he can get, get a quick interview, just like just like a guy like John Brandon did. I mean, right. they probably took him out to dinner that night when when Mick was gone. Yeah. So real quick, just to let you know, uh, Alex, I I I am not saying that he's a better defender than than a guy like Tony Allen. I'm just saying he's way better at getting in his head. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Now, I mean, he is a good defender, but he does he relies a lot on the extra stuff, the yes. in between. I don't. Plays, I don't the, like pushing. I don't like the. I don't like the. Uh, I, I don't like the the dirty stuff. I don't like, you know, the 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 uh, John Stockton moves. You know, elbowing people in the gut or pushing people like what he does with like Beverly and Westbrook got this thing going that's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Which once again, another guy easy to get under somebody's skin, yep. but but he gets a little overboard and 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 almost hurts people sometimes. He's he's tripped, you know, the tripping with with Westbrook and things like that. I, I'm not a fan of that. But when when you see him just talking to KD and you can just see Kevin Durant, you know he's probably like, so when you get home, which burner account you gonna get on? Which <laughs> one's gonna talk? Which one's gonna talk bad about me when you get back? Tell me who I need to tweet at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's uh he's good at the like bodying you up, you know, leaning his body 
all his weight on you in between plays when when everybody's just kind of relaxing the ball went out of bounds yep. or whatever everybody's getting you know getting their act together or whatever calling plays and that kind of thing he's already on you before you before you start before anybody else starts guarding he he that's where he gets under your skin that those in between plays the the before and after plays where he is all the way up in your face defending you when there's nothing to defend yet. Exactly. And, and that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, he'll talk. And you know what I thought was weird was I didn't I didn't watch game one, but I saw the highlights of those two going at it, and it, was, it really didn't seem that bad to me. Like, it was – they were going at it. They were getting into it. But KD had a smile on his face a lot of times, and I felt like I could tell the way they were con- – con- conversing that it was it was kind of like in jest and fun yeah and it, it like they knew they were going to get at each other and this was going to be you know they were going to get under each other's skin and stuff like that but it was you know it was a, a, just a regular competitive thing that you see all the time especially in the playoffs yeah but with durant it can be like that to start and you can see highlights and you can watch the beginning first second third quarter of games and see him being that way but for a guy like Kevin Durant, and I don't, you know, nothing against him. The guy's an amazing basketball player, but he's got not a, you know, he's he's a little sensitive. He's a little thin-skinned. And it with a guy like that, it might start off that way. All it takes is one small sentence, a couple words, and that whole demeanor is gone. Old boy is now in I hate you mode. You're dead to me. I'm going to do everything I can to get a technical and get kicked out of the game. <laughs> I don't know that they should have gotten kicked out, to be honest with you. But um, that happened, and it wasn't very surprising. It wasn't surprising no, it wasn't because surprising of at all. how Beverly is and how KD is. Um, and then, okay, so that was game one, and the Warriors won that game pretty easily. Game two, the Warriors were up 31 points with seven and a half minutes to go in the third quarter. And the Clippers made the biggest comeback in NBA playoff history and beat the Warriors in game two in that last part of the set, the third quarter and in the fourth quarter. And it was that it's so impressive that that happened. It was it was almost like uh, it was almost like watching Mick Cronin's uh, UC Bearcats. Here we go. Sorry. All right. <laughs> Nevada was at 24 points. I can't remember the exact number. No, it was 24 points. I do remember <laughs> you know that exactly. exactly what <laughs> but anyway, um, so yes, uh, uh, that w- once again, <sighs> KD gets kicked out of that game. KD's gone. Uh, you got Boogie Cousins, and this is something that yeah, hurts me, game man. Two, Boogie yeah. Cousins in game two going down. Uh, that, that puts a damper on things when you're a team. Like, I know Boogie's not a mainstay on that team. He hasn't been there long, but they, I, I think a lot of the guys, I mean, there's been some turmoil here recently at the end of the year, but this is what Boogie Cousins came here for, was for a ring and to prove that he could play, uh, one could get back in and could play and be healthy to sign that next contract. And I hate to see a guy losing money because he, he just lost a lot of money. He Probably. lost a lot of money. I, he, I think he's going to have to go through exactly what he just did all over again. He's going to have to sign a one-year cheap veteran deal and and try to do something again because right now he hasn't proved that he can play a whole season. At the same time, man, I this this Warriors team is not the same Warriors team as years past. Although I don't think this really hurts them with Boogie out. 
this might just bring them back to what the what they were for ye- what they were for the last four years, five years. They're good enough without him, certainly. One hundred percent. They were good enough without Kevin Durant to win a championship because they did exactly, and it, it, he just made them even better. Boogie made them even better than that. Um, and but there, it sounds like he's he is definitely going to be out. It was a quad tear, may, maybe a, a tendon tear. Um, that they, I don't think they still know exactly how bad it is. So that's going to determine how how you know how far out he is, um, or how long he's going to be out. It might not be as bad. It might be bad enough to keep him out of the playoffs, but it might not be as bad. You know, he might not miss a year or whatever like he did with the, with the Achilles, I think, right? Yeah. Was it the Achilles? Or um, something down there in his foot. So so um, he might not miss that much time. So I don't know that he's going to have to do another one-year contract. He might. But, uh, he, would but you somebody – it depends would on – Would you on, give him that kind of money when he, he can't even play? He, he, he might not get, like, the max – but he, but he still might. He still might. the way they sign, the way they hand out max deals. Then he should have. If 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 that's the case, then he should have got one last year. Nobody came calling. Well, that was a much worse injury, as far as we know right now. And it was it was the end injury of his time. prone's injury prone man. Eh, I I don't I don't I really don't like the whole injury prone thing. You just you get injured or you don't. I sometimes like Steph Curry missed like a lot of games in his first two or three years because of chronic ankle injuries. And he's been pretty good. He's been pretty good, you know, about not having them since then. Um, but so anyway, you, you can't, yes, chronic injuries can happen and you can be injury prone, but I don't think it's because there's a problem with you or anything. I don't know. I mean, people look at it differently, but um, either way, Boogie's out. KD is going to have to get a little mentally stronger. Um, and the Warriors <laughs> did. They lost interest in that game. They got up thirty-one. They said that. They said that afterwards. I, they stopped playing. Whatever. I. I. I don't. They're still that. I think they're still that much better than the Clippers for the most part. Oh, Maybe not thirty-one yeah. points in every game. Better. No, they're definitely better. But that just because you're just because you're athletically better. You're not even that. Just talented wise better. It's the playoffs. Get get it over with. Go put some. Yes. Win a game by sixty. Do and what you got to do. Yeah. You don't. This is the playoffs. This isn't a regular season where you just stop playing in a game and don't play the fourth quarter. This is this is the playoffs. That's why that's why everybody loves hockey playoffs because the intensity rises to a whole new level. And that's what the guys from from Tampa Bay uh, from the Lightning came back and said after they got swept by Columbus uh, Blue Jackets was you know we had. We've had this spot locked up for so long that we haven't played real hockey in 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 two months, mm-hmm. and now you get into playoff hockey and the intensity rises. I, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear that you got into an NBA playoff game and you got up by thirty and you just stopped playing. Come on, that's you, that, well, yeah. And I know that's what they said, but and that's what and that is what happened. But that's the thing. It's a, exactly to your point. Is that's how they played all year. That's why they lost twenty something games this year, way more than what they what they've been losing the last few years, because they they know they're that much better. So the effort wasn't always there. The intensity right. wasn't always there. The 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 pride wasn't even always there, because they're just they've won so much and they know they're that much better. But when you get into that, you 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 know the the old like you play how you practice. Um, you play that way long enough or you lose, you lose that mindset that, you know, that attitude that you need to be really good and to blow teams out 
to be that much better when you when you know you can and you are you need that edge still and you just don't have it and then when you go through an entire season and feel that way it's hard to just flip oh, sure the switch. You're right. You know what I mean? Peter, um, talk, talk about flipping switches all the time. You're right. exactly right. And, and every series, I think it's going to get more intense. It's going to get – they're going to dial it up more because I think every team's going to be that way. It's you know, But some of these like middle, the four fives, three sixes, they've got to do it right now if they want to advance. But the, the Bucks and the Warriors, they've got – you know they know they have a pretty easy first round. Not, I mean, the Clippers are pretty good, but they both have – you know, first rounds where they should take care of business pretty easily, maybe get a few days extra rest to get ready for their next round. But they they are definitely going to have to get the mindset, get the attitude, the edge, get that back if they're going to stop blowing leads and if they're going to beat teams like they should be beating them. Right. It'll be interesting. I I I, I don't think that, that the Clippers have a chance in this series. Uh, it is 1-1. Uh, there's a couple other series that are one one. I, the Denver San Antonio series is is tied up one one now. Seven uh, games, seven games in that one. It, you think seven? I games? want it. I want it. I so know bad. you want it so bad. I know you're a pop guy. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, <laughs> what about Utah and and the Rockets? I, I thought that this was going to be uh, OKC versus Houston, and I took OKC in that. Uh, obviously, I'm looking bad now because Portland's up two zero on OKC, and those guys just look. I said that we we talked about how they how at the end of the season last this season OKC was on a a downslide. They were not playing good basketball and, and uh, hoping things would get better in the playoffs, and it is not not getting better at all. So they're not shooting the three well. They're, they're just so inconsistent. Sixteen percent from three, and it hurts when you're when the guy your best player is a bad outside shooter. Russell Westbrook is not a good outside shooter. No, he's not. He's a great player. He's not a good outside shooter. Um, so, the, And they've got to get back to playing the defense they were playing in the middle of the year when they were, like, dominating, when they look like they might they might overtake um, Golden State as the best team in the West. They for, for a little stretch of a few weeks there, it looked that way. And then they – I don't know. They, they lost something um, where they they just didn't play defense the way they were – Paul George has been terrific, both offensively and defensively this year, all year long. Yeah. Um, but you know, and they did have a little stretch where I think Paul George missed some games, and um, they had a few. They had a few injuries, so they they had some different dynamics and stuff to work through. But um, they've got to get back whatever they had in the middle of the season if they want to advance, because Portland is a team that doesn't look incredible on paper, but wins a ton sure. the last few years. Yeah. So they look really good. Um, the the Rockets-Jazz, I, I want to see seven games there because I think the Jazz can beat the Rockets. I think the Rockets are still better. Yeah. Um, I think the Rockets will probably you wanna see, end up. Let's be honest. You want to see seven games in every single series. I really do, except for uh, Milwaukee-Detroit. Because that's not gonna, that's just not gonna happen. Yeah. Um. But the rest of them, I would love to see that. I, we, Chris, we have two more months. Yeah. Of NBA playoff basketball. How great so is that? I know you that. are. So the Rockets, uh, just won. That game is over. They won by so twenty, one eighteen ninety eight. Wow, that's a big. So it's they, big uh, they, so they're, they're up two zero. Up two zero, which that puts a big that that makes things a little more difficult. Of course, everybody knows. Uh, just ask Dan, uh, who was uh, who was it that said. 
playoffs don't start until uh, until until somebody wins a road game. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't remember. That was just a, that anyway. Well, look, Utah's a tough place to play. It they, is. You know, they yeah, they're gonna yell racist ass. stuff at you constantly. <laughs> and, no, um, no, that one guy that does that, they kicked him out. <laughs> and the guy that did that did it the year before to Westbrook right. too. Although I don't know. Um, All right, so let's go into the East. Right. So the the Bucks. I mean, we, this is honest. I mean, Giannis has got this team playing phenomenal basketball. Uh, this is a this is the one series that's going to probably go four games. The Pistons are not good, I agree. and the Bucks are very good. Uh, so that's an easy one. The Boston the Boston Indiana series, the Celtics Pacers series. This is a little uh, this is a little is this going to be a hometown a home team deal where whoever the home team is is going to continue to win this? I hope so because I want to see seven games exactly. <laughs> and we said you even said whoever the home Whoever gets that four seed mm-hmm. is going to win this. Uh, is going to win this series, right? Is what you said before the playoffs started, and it ended up being Boston. So Boston's got the home. So so I'm assuming you think Boston's still going to win, even though I do. After seeing the first two games, I do. The Pacers, they're the Pacers, coming home though. The Pacers, they're they're not talented, but they play so well together. Yes. It's not even funny. That is the they are like the opposite of any. Any NBA franchise that I've that we've seen over the last fifteen years, except These guys, the Spurs. Well, sure. Well, but the Spurs have always had somebody phenomenal on their team, and don't get me wrong. But they've played that way, though. They've played that way, yes. But this team here is missing their best player. Mm-hmm. They are. They don't have any stars, and that has ended up being a little problem for them at the end of these games because they've played the Celt- they've had the Celtics beat in both of these first two games including tonight uh when the, the Celtics, Celtics have closed back and beat yeah and, and and it is you are you are you have seen now if, if through these first two games the difference in the talent level um so the Pacers play well enough as a team together to lead a lot of the game and to to stay in it you know or or you know the Pacers went up it was like 10 or 11 points tonight in the second half, and the Celtics came back. The Pacers are a slow team, so Kyrie Irving, Jason Tatum, a few a few of those guys can get to the basket a lot of time. Now, yeah. the Pacers are going to defend it as well as anybody as far as helping and rotating and stuff like that. But as far as just beating guys one on one, they can't really guard one on one the Celtics. So you saw that, and then honestly, this is a, Nate McMillan has done an incredible job. He might be the coach of the year if he's the coach of the year. In the well, if if they gave out two awards, he'd probably be in the East. He could be the coach of the year in the East. Um, the way he's had them playing, especially after Oladipo went out. But um, Brad Stevens, though, has kind of outcoached him at the end of these last couple of games too. Um, the the Celtics have ran a couple of plays and got wide open buckets when they needed them at the end of these first two games, and that looks pretty good for Stevens and not so good for McMillan. But um, I, I agree though. I think I think they're gonna. I honestly kind of thought the Pacers would take one of these games in Boston. They didn't, but I still have faith that they are going to be able to win both of these games in uh, Indiana and at least go to six games in this series, uh, if nothing else. So, but I would like to see. I, I just really love seeing this, and I like the I like Boston a lot. But I'm rooting yeah. so hard for the Pacers in this in this uh, series. I know, Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to uh, take too long on that one. No, you're good. Sixers-Nets, though, that's tied 1-1. I love this. So you'd think that the Sixers are the team to beat in this, that they're the – they're the obviously they're the most talented, but they're so young. You can see these guys not not really playing to what 
their potential is. You got guys bringing phones on the bench, uh, you know, checking tweets and text messages, trying to hook, trying to find who their hookup in hometown is going to be in that, you know, or uh, trying to check on their sick daughter, trying to check on their sick is what is said was done, which I hope that for real is what it was, because if not, and Joella Embiid said that's what that dude was doing, he better at least ran that by old boy first. Because if he really wasn't, and he was trying to set something up for yeah, later that night. He was trying to night, support his teammate. I'm sure he appreciated it. I'm sure he did. But if he wasn't doing that, and uh, old girl back home heard that press conference, uh, no, you were not <laughs> texting me. Who were you texting? Um, yeah, so so anyway, that's besides so they so well, but but look, they did split the two, the first two in Philadelphia, um, and and the the Sixers put up one forty five in game two and beat uh, Brooklyn by twenty two points, so. and that's what they can do, and that's what they should do. But this is a very young team, and and the Nets are are the Nets are good. I mean, they're 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 not bad they team. Are. I mean, they're they're very uh, they're they're athletic. They've got some talent out there. They've got some veterans that can get things going for them. I, I, you know, that's the kind of thing that's going to hurt a Sixers team. And obviously, it did in one game. I just don't think they got enough to close it out. Sixers, uh, Sixers and six. I'm with you on that. Yep, I say Sixers and six as well. So the uh, the last one is is Toronto and Orlando. Orlando had the upset in game one. Um, DJ Augustine had an incredible game that in game one. I didn't even know he was still in the league. Yeah, he well, he's been their starting point guard in in this year, and um, you know they were they were probably the hottest team in the East coming in to the playoffs. Uh, even though they ended up with the seven seed, but they were on the outside looking in with a week to go or whatever. Right, and, and they won enough, and they they won. I think they won the third most games in the second half of the season, something like that. So um, they're good enough to beat teams, and, and Toronto, Toronto is really good. They have a really good bench. Um, and they're good enough to win the East. And they've got a superstar. And they have a superstar who, by the way, put up 37 in Game 2 and took care of business. They blew him out. They Toronto blew Orlando out in Game 2. Um, and Kyle Lowry after scoring zero in Game 1. Kyle Lowry, zero points in wow. Game 1. Uh, came back with 22, played really well on both ends in Game 2. Um, you know who I think the glue of this team is the the guy I like the most on this team is this Siakam kid. I think he's yeah. going to be a superstar in this league, um, and and he puts in good minutes. Another double double the other night, uh, twenty and ten. Well, nineteen and ten. But I think that kid is that kid's legit. He's that's a big part of what goes down. Obviously, it's Kawhi Leonard, and that that's where everything runs through. Mm-hmm. But you got to have supporting cast, and when Lowry's not there, which you know, like like you said, twenty two the other night, but zero, so he's averaging eleven. Uh, you know, still double figures, I guess. But anyway, I, I, I for their second best player, you want more out of that. Exactly. Though. Now exactly. look, they so so they go to Orlando now with the series split. Even with that, I think I think this is five games. I think Toronto. Got the scare. I think Lowry was like, "Holy cow! I actually have to. I'm gonna have to play better in the playoffs," yeah. which has yeah. been a problem for him for pretty years. much every that year. Was, yeah. yeah, forever. It's always right. been that way. Which is one of the big reasons why they could never, never get past the Cavs. They got to the Eastern Conference Finals and stuff yep. like that. They couldn't get past the Cavs, which is why Dwayne Casey got fired, unfortunately. But um, and why they traded um, Demar Derozan. Derozan. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, so they shook some things up, but. 
Lowry's back. They do have uh, Kawhi, and I think they're gonna. I think they're just gonna take the next three here and probably, probably end this thing in five. So, um, and I'm telling you what, I think last week we said who we thought were, was gonna win the championship and stuff, and I, I think I picked Golden State. We both took Golden State. We both took Golden State just because. It's it to, was hard. We both wanted to take somebody different. But today I filled out a bra- the the NBA Pick'em uh, bracket oh, challenge. Yeah, yeah, you can nice. win a million bucks if you get it perfect. I picked uh, Milwaukee in seven over Golden State in the finals. Wow, <laughs> Milwaukee in seven. This play the 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 United States would go crazy if if that were to happen. I think I think that that would be and I by, when I say that I don't mean. I don't mean you not like everybody's rooting against Golden State. What I mean is that would take that all this talk of Giannis as the the next coming. Giannis is that next LeBron. Giannis is the next greatest player to come into the league. I already boy, think if that. that would, well, I know, and that's what most people think. But boy, talk about cementing it mm-hmm. in stone. That would be it. Now, and in still this, not having an outside jumper. Being that's, the best, player, that's what I was just being the best player in the league and still not and shooting still a three real can't well. Can't shoot a three real well. <laughs> so that uh, next week I want to get into to, to a little something. I, I've been been reading a guy and I got to get his name right, but uh, he does a lot of stats. Uh, he does a lot of NBA stats. He's talking about one of his little things. He said he'd like to see is maybe the NBA have each home team decide where their three point line is. What? It's it goes into a bunch of crazy stat details. It's nuts, but like you know, if you're a, if you're a three point shooting team, then you know you can put it wherever you want. Uh, but if you're like a, a team like say the 76ers, and your goal is to make it to a finals, you put the three point line at like half court, and you end up against Golden State. Now all of a sudden you got an advantage. So well, well Steph Curry, it's a le- half court shot is a layup for Steph Curry. So if you play well, Golden State, that's fine. And for one, for for yeah, for him, but the rest of the league, you know, that's a it's a it's an advantage. Right. So, but it, it it all came down to like uh, something like the 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 current NBA three point line has been that's been the line since like 1969 or something like that. And before even before like when the ABA and other people were putting it putting the line out there, that line's been in effect for a long time, hasn't been moved. So, uh, you know, obviously Brooke Lopez is a great three-point shooter right now. So, yep. when you got guys like that becoming unbelievable three-point shooters and if you don't have a step back three or even a set three in your game, then you're going to struggle. Then you know, I'm not saying put it anywhere you want, but I do. I wouldn't be a. Uh, I wouldn't be. I, I'm one of these guys that I think I'm. I'm okay with moving that three point line back. I'd be okay with moving the three point line back. They've also talked a little bit about adding a four point line. You know. I don't know how I feel about. But then again, you know, they had to add a three point line. Mm-hmm. So do you add a four point line? Man, that's a whole lot of lines. Now you're getting into hockey and soccer. All these invisible lines and lines. <laughs> I don't know what they mean. Next thing you know, we're going to have icing. You can't. Oh, real quick, real quick. I saw something that was absolutely hilarious. Um, so Giannis got a, got a rebound, or maybe it was a steal. He got a steal at the free throw line yeah, on the other end. I know end of the what court. you're going to say. One dribble. And and laid it in. It was at the it was at the opposite three point line. Was the three point line? I couldn't remember. Free throw line line or three point line? Got to steal at the three point line. One One dribble. dribble. Now seven steps. I counted them. One dribble, seven steps. Okay, so you're you can take multiple steps during your dribble. Right. It might have been six steps, 
But I'm, I'm, I'm. I think he got an extra step or two before he started his dribble. He though. he collected the ball right, and, and that's took where the two steps. That's and where then the dribbled it. Right. He was his one dribble was just past half court, mm-hmm. and then took three full steps after he picked the ball up again. So his he gets a collect when he picks the ball up from his steal. So he gets a couple steps there. And then he dribbles the ball where you get another you're gonna get another three or four steps during that, and then you get another two or three steps with the next collection as you collect it, getting near the hoop. It's, it's a whole lot rule, of collection rules steps. Have changed, buddy. It's a whole lot of collecting that, steps right mm-hmm, there, brother. Mm-hmm. It would it used to take me like six dribbles in the layup line just to get from <laughs> the three point line to the backboard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Make sure my feet were right <laughs> to jump off the left foot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, anyway, so I, I, I'd like to get – maybe we get into a little a little bit of that three-point line stuff. I doubt okay. it because it's going to be packed again next week because the NBA playoffs are going to start – the first round of the NBA playoffs will really start to get um, hot and heavy for us. We'll have a lot more to talk about about that. Mm-hmm. We'll have the NBA – uh playoffs like i said the nicknames the the nosebleed sports podcast nicknames finals vote this week this is it this is the final week to vote it's the hick from french lick versus the mailman uh and then also uh we'll get into a little a little mlb triple play deal and uh see what else is going on you got anything brother that we need to get into I think we covered everything we wanted to. I'm actually pretty impressed that we kept this thing in about an hour and a half today. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We did. All right. Well, I'm in, good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in that case, like I said, we'll get into those things. Uh, please remember go on, vote uh, on the Nosebleed Sportscast nicknames. Get on, catch Adam on the tweet box at Adam Schmidt44. I'm at Sick With It. S I C W H I T T I T. There was another thing I wanted to get in before we got out. Don't forget, Thursdays, Wednesday nights, 1030, catch us live, Facebook, every day, Thursday, afterwards, you can catch uh, the Nosebleed Sports Podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, All it's everywhere. You, you, you listen to it, we play it. So check it out, and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Don't forget to turn your headlights on.